0: Good morning, and welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host. And the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us in ways that get us thinking, get us talking, get us wondering, get us imagining, get us connected, and perhaps inspired or challenged to do just a bit more because we made the connection. Well, it's the holidays, and the holidays bring up lots of different emotions, and sometimes there can be a challenge to be happy and to um, be joyous, even if we're not feeling entirely joyous, and sometimes it's a time to be able to slow down and appreciate those around us, and that's when, when the holidays, I think, are the best, um, when we can have those moments when we can be with the folks that we love and who love us. But I do wanna start with talking about how can we stay healthy during the holidays? Uh, it can be a challenge and self-care is so important. And sometimes we don't give uh, give ourselves enough to be able to deal with the stress um, so I'm going to give you some tips to be thinking about to get us started on our holidays. This is either Christmas Day or New Year's or Christmas Eve or, or New Year's Eve. Uh, so we did a pre-record and we're playing it. If you're listening to it on Christmas Eve and you want to listen to it again, we'll, we'll be doing it again on New Year's Eve. So here's some things to think about in terms of reducing your holiday stress with self-care. The holidays can bring a lot of emotions, baggage, discomfort. Maybe you're stressed about money. Maybe you're missing someone that you loved. Maybe you're dreading spending time with some of the difficult family members. The worst thing you can do is keep it all in. So we encourage you to think about talking to someone. Talk to a friend. Talk to someone who cares about you and that you trust. And perhaps in a safe space, you can you can talk about the things that are difficult and let it out. Try and make some healthy choices. If you want that Christmas cookie, go for that Christmas cookie. Uh, it's delicious. Uh, enjoy yourself. Um, you don't need to always be constantly restricting yourself. And the holidays are time to make some allowances and, and do some things that are just for you. You can jump back to your healthy routine uh, after the holidays, but give yourself a little chance to enjoy yourself and carve out that time for yourself with self-care. We at Connections Radio Show and all of the good people who've been on our show will always encourage you to look at taking the time for yourself. Uh, It may seem like it's selfish, but it's not. Uh, You need to schedule time just for you during the holiday season. Even a few minutes can impact both your mental health and your physical health. Take a breath of fresh air, even when it's cold out there. It's good to get out and, and enjoy yourself. Some people are a little uncomfortable with the term meditate, but being mindful and being in the moment is a real gift to yourself. Allow yourself to just get centered and even taking just a few moments to reset, breathe in your moment, breathe in some calmness, and kind of block out some of the things for just a moment or two (laughs) that may be giving you some stress. Or decide to go out and be active. Uh, Getting some movement going, it can amazingly do great things to boost your energy, uh, work off some of those yummy holiday treats, some of those cookies that you had earlier, uh, release some stress. Uh, It's amazing just being able to move about or maybe just put on your favorite song and do a little dance for yourself. Uh, Even if you're by yourself or even if you're with someone, go ahead and, and give yourself the opportunity to dance. Also think about saying no. It's Easy to want to please everyone, especially on the holidays. There's so many expectations. But it's okay to say no because you don't really need to stretch yourself too thin over the holidays. And if you say yes to everything, you're going to burn out and it drains your energy and everything feels just a bit more stressful. Even with all the parties going on and all the celebration, try and remember to get that sleep. It's amazing how much sleep can really do for you. It's tempting to do a lot of late nights and wrapping gifts and doing all the celebrations, but if you can catch seven to eight hours, oh boy, you're you're going to get the rewards from that. Drink your water. I know it sounds like you've heard that many, many times, but Pay attention to it. Eight glasses of water is going to really keep you going and keeping you hydrated. Alcohol may seem like a great thing to do, may seem like a lot of fun, uh, and there's always, you know, holiday drinks around the corner, but drinking too much can actually add to the anxiety. If you have a glass of wine, then, you know, have a glass of water too. Uh, Try to switch it up a bit so that you don't overdo it. Um, alcohol not only can dehydrate you, but it's actually depressant and can affect your moods in ways that in ways that make it even more difficult at the holiday. You know, something else that is really important to think about is uh, not procrastinating. It, procrastination is actually a source of uh, is a, is a major source of stress and anxiety. So do yourself your favor, and if there's things that you need to get organized and do, move it up. Uh, Procrastination is only gonna make you more anxious and keeping yourself organized with your little holiday checklist with lots of great ideas uh, will keep you motivated. Remember to breathe, remember to smile. They say that even if you don't feel like smiling, when you smile, you actually start getting your all sorts of brain things happening to make you happy. I don't know how. I don't know why. But uh, smile for yourself, not because someone else tells you. But try and smile and see if it, it helps change your mood, if it helps brings you more of the holiday joy. And why not pamper yourself just a little bit? Get, get a new something for yourself. Maybe schedule a massage or schedule something that's makes hap- makes you happy uh, and makes you feel less stressed and more centered. Be intentional with the things that are important to you. Try not to go over your budget. That can be very stressful, not only now, but later. And ask for support. If you're having some challenges, if there's too much on your plate, ask for help. People really do want to help sometimes it's hard to ask for it. Take a break from all the social. Make a holiday gratitude list. Just sit down and write all the things that you're grateful for and it's amazing how that can change your mood and you don't have to be perfect. In fact the things that aren't perfect are usually the things that are the most dear and with that I have a special story for you that will be shared in the next segment. The holidays are really meant to remember and get connected back to loving. Loving those around you and letting those around you give you love too. And I have a special story that I want to share with each of you. Uh, You may remember the Velveteen Rabbit. It's 100 years old. Uh, And I thought this was a perfect time time to bring that story back uh, and just take a moment to remember our childhood as well as remember all the all the wonderful feelings about becoming real when you're loved. So in the next segment I'll be sharing the Velveteen Rabbit with you and then we'll wrap up after the Velveteen story with just a few more comments about the holiday season and taking care of you. We'll be right back. The Velveteen Rabbit by Marjorie Williams. There was once a velveteen rabbit and in the beginning, he was really splendid. He was fat and bunchy as a rabbit should be. His coat was spotted brown and white. He had real thread whiskers and his ears were lined with pink sateen. On Christmas morning, when he sat wedged in the top of the boy's stocking with a sprig of holly between his paws, the effect was charming. There were other things in the stocking, nuts and oranges and a toy engine and chocolate almonds and a clockwork mouse, but the rabbit was quite the best of all. For at least two hours, the boy loved him, and then aunts and uncles came to dinner, and there was a great rustling of tissue papers and unwrapping of parcels, and in the excitement of looking at all the new presents, the velveteen rabbit was forgotten. For a long time, he lived in the toy cupboard or on the nursery floor and no one thought very much about him he was naturally shy and being only made of velveteen some of the more expensive toys quite snubbed him the mechanical toys were very superior and they looked down upon him and everyone else they were full of modern ideas they pretended they were real The model boat who had lived through two seasons and lost most of his paint caught the tone from them and never missed an opportunity of referring to his rigging in technical terms. The rabbit could not claim to be a model anything, for he didn't know that real rabbits existed. He thought they were all stuffed with sawdust like himself, and he understood that sawdust was quite out of date and should never be mentioned in modern circles even Timothy, the jointed wooden lion who, made, who was made by the disabled soldiers and should have had broader views, put on airs and pretended he was connected with government. Between them all, the poor little rabbit was made to feel himself very insignificant and commonplace. The only person who was kind to him at all was the skin horse. The skin horse had lived longer in the nursery than any of the others. He was so old that his brown coat was bald in patches and showed the seams underneath, and most of the hairs in his tail had been pulled out to string bead necklaces. He was wise, for he had seen a long succession of mechanical toys arrive to boast and swagger, and by and by, break their mainsprings and pass away. And he knew that they were only toys and would never turn into anything else. For nursery magic is very strange and wonderful. And only those playthings that are old and wise and experienced like the skin horse, understand all about it. What is real? Asked the rabbit one day when they were lying side by side near the nursery fender before Nana came to tidy up the room. Does it mean having things that buzz inside you and stick out handle? Real isn't how you're made, said the skin horse. It's a thing that happens to you. When a child loves you for a long, long time, not to to play with, but really loves you, then you become real. Does it hurt, asked the rabbit? Sometimes, said the skin horse, for he was always truthful. When you are real, you don't mind being hurt. Sometimes, said the skin horse, for he was always truthful. When you are real, you don't mind being hurt. Does it happen all at once? Like being wound up, he asked, or bit by bit? Doesn't happen all at once, said the skin horse. You become, it it, it takes a long time. That's why it doesn't happen often to people who break easily or have sharp edges or who have to be carefully kept. Generally, by the time you are real, most of your hair has been loved off, your eyes drop out and you get loose in the joints and are very shabby. But these things don't matter at all because once you are real, you can't be ugly, except to people who don't understand. I suppose you are real, said the rabbit. And then he wished he had not said it, for he thought the skin horse might be sensitive. But the skin horse only smiled. The boy's uncle made me real, he said. That was a great many years ago. But once you are real, you can't become unreal again. It lasts for always. The rabbit sighed. He thought it would be a long time before this magic called real happened to him. He longed to become real, to know what it felt like, and yet the idea of growing shabby and losing his eyes and whiskers was rather sad. He wished that he could become it without these uncomfortable things happening to him. There was a person called Nana who ruled the nursery. Sometimes she took no notice of the playthings lying about, and sometimes, for no reason whatsoever, she went swooping about like a great wind and hustled them away in cupboards. She called this tidying up, and the playthings all hated it, especially the tin ones. The rabbit didn't mind so much, for whenever he was thrown, he came down soft. One evening, when the boy was going to bed, he couldn't find the china dog that he always slept with. Nana was in a hurry, and it was too much trouble to hunt for china dogs at bedtime. So she simply looked about her, and seeing that it was a toy cupboard had stood open, she made a swoop. Here, she said, take your old bunny. He'll do to sleep with you. And she dragged the rabbit out by one ear and put him into the boy's arms. That night, and for many nights after, the velveteen rabbit slept in the boy's bed. At first he found it rather uncomfortable for the boy hugged him very tight and and sometimes he rolled over on him and sometimes he pushed him so far under the pillow that the rabbit could scarcely breathe. And he missed too those long moonlight hours in the nursery when all the house was silent and his talks with a skin horse. But very soon he grew to like it for the boy used to talk to him and made nice tunnels for him under the bedclothes that he said were like burrows the real rabbits lived in. And they had splendid games together in whispers when Nana had gone away for her supper and left the nightlight burning on the mantelpiece. And when the boy dropped off to sleep, the rabbit would snuggle down close under his little warm chin and dream with the boy's hands clasped close around him all night long. And so time went on and the little rabbit was very happy. So happy that he never noticed how his beautiful velveteen fur was getting shabbier and shabbier and his tail was becoming unsown, and all the pink rubbed off his nose where the boy had kissed him. Spring came and they had long days in the garden for whenever the boy went, the rabbit went too. He had rides in the wheelbarrow and picnics on the grass and lovely fairy huts built for him under the raspberry canes behind the flower border. And once, when the boy was called away suddenly to go out to tea, the rabbit was left out on the lawn until long after dusk, and Nana had to come to look for him with a candle because the boy couldn't go to sleep unless he was there. He was wet through with the dew and quite earthy from diving into the burrows the boy had made for him in the flower bed nana grumbled as she rubbed him off with a corner of her apron you must have your old bunny she said fancy all the fuss over a toy the boy sat up in bed and stretched out his hands give me my bunny he said you mustn't say that he isn't a toy he's real When the little rabbit heard that he was real, he was happy. He knew that the skin horse, what he had said was true at last. The nursery magic had happened to him, and he was a toy no longer. He was real. The boy himself had said it. That night, he was almost too happy to sleep, and so much love stirred in his little sawdust heart that it almost burst and into his boot button eyes that had long ago lost their polish, there came a look of wisdom and beauty so that even Nana noticed. She noticed it the next morning when she picked him up and said, I declare if that old bunny hasn't got quite a knowing expression. (laughs) That was a wonderful summer. Near the house where they lived was a wood And in the long june evenings the boy liked to go there after tea to play he took the velveteen rabbit with him and before he wandered off to pick flowers or play in the brigands among the trees he always made the rabbit a little nest somewhere among the bracken where he would be quite cozy for he was a kind-hearted little boy and he liked the bunny to be comfortable one evening when the rabbit was lying there alone Watching the ants that ran to and fro between his velvet paws in the grass, he saw two strange beings creep out of the tall bracken near him. They were rabbits, like himself, but quite furry and and brand new. They must have been very well made, for their seams didn't show it at all, and they changed shape in a queer way when they moved. One minute they were long and thin, and the next minute fat and bunchy instead of always staying in the same shape like he did. Their feet padded softly on the ground, and they crept quite close to him, twitching their noses, while the rabbit stared hard to see which side the clockwork stuck out, for he knew that people who jump generally have something to wind them up, but he couldn't see it. They were evidently a new kind of rabbit altogether. They stared at him, and the little rabbit stared back, and all the time, their nose twitched. What? Get up and play with us, one of them asked. I don't feel like it, said Rabbit, for he didn't want to explain that he had no clockwork. Oh, said the furry rabbit. It's as easy as anything. And he gave a big hop sideways and stood on his hind legs. I don't believe you can, he said. I can, said the little rabbit. I I I can jump higher than anything. He meant that when the boy threw him, but of course he didn't want to say so. Can you hop on your hind legs? asked the furry rabbit. Well, that was a dreadful question, for the velveteen rabbit had no hind legs at all. The back of him was made all in one piece like a pincushion. He he sat still in the bracket and hoped that the other rabbits wouldn't notice. I don't want to, he said again. But the wild rabbits have very sharp eyes, and and this one stretched out his neck and looked. He hasn't got any hind legs, he called out. Fancy a rabbit without any hind legs. And he began to laugh. I have, cried the little rabbit. I have got hind legs. I'm sitting on them. Then stretch them out and show me. Like this, said the wild rabbit. And he began to whirl around and dance till the little rabbit got quite dizzy. I I I don't like dancing, he said. I'd rather sit still. But all the while, he was longing to dance for a funny, new, tickly feeling ran through him. And he felt he would give anything in the world to be able to jump like these rabbits did. The strange rabbit stopped dancing and came quite close. He came so close this time that his long whiskers brushed the velveteen rabbit's ear. And then he wrinkled his nose suddenly and flattened his ears and jumped backwards. He doesn't smell right, he exclaimed. He isn't a rabbit at all, he isn't real. I am real, said the little rabbit. I am real, the boy said so. And he nearly began to cry. Just then there was a sound of footsteps and the boy ran past near them. And with a stamp of feet and a flash of white tails the two strange rabbits disappeared. Oh, come back and play with me, called the little rabbit. Oh, do come back. I know I am real. But there was no answer. Only the little ants that ran to and fro. And Bracken swayed gently where the two strangers had passed. The velveteen rabbit was all alone. Oh, dear, he thought. Why did they run away like that? Why couldn't they stop and talk to me? For a long time, he lay very still, watching the bracken and hoping that they would come back. But they never returned. And presently, the sun sank lower and little white molls fluttered out, and the boy came and carried him home. Weeks passed, and little rabbit grew very old and shabby. But the boy loved him just as much. He loved him so hard that he loved all his whiskers off and the pink lining in his ears turned gray and his brown spots faded and he even began to lose his shape and he scarcely looked like a rabbit anymore except to the boy. To him he was always beautiful and that was all that the little rabbit cared about. He didn't mind how he looked to other people because the nursery magic had made him real and when you are real shabbiness doesn't matter. And then one day the boy was ill his face grew very flushed, and he talked in his sleep, and his little body was so hot that it burned, and the rabbit, when he held him close, felt very, very hot. Strange people came and went in the nursery, and a light burned all night, and through it all, the little velveteen rabbit lay there, hidden from sight, under the bedclothes, and he never stirred, for he was afraid that If they found him, someone might take him away, and he knew that the boy needed him. It was a long, weary time, for the boy was too ill to play, and the little rabbit found it rather dull with nothing to do all day, but he snuggled down patiently and looked forward to the time when the boy would be well again, and they would go out in the garden amongst the flowers and butterflies and play splendid games in the raspberry thicket like they used to all sorts of delightful things he planned. And while the boy lay half asleep, he crept up close to the pillow and whispered them in his ear. And presently the fever turned and the boy got better. And he was able to sit up in bed and look at picture books while the little rabbit cuddled close at his side. And one day they let him get up and dress. It was a bright sunny morning and the windows stood wide open. They had carried the boy out onto the balcony, wrapped in a shawl, and the little rabbit lay tangled up among the bedclothes, thinking. The boy was going to the seaside tomorrow. Everything was arranged, and now it only remained to carry out the doctor's orders. They remained there, and they talked about it all, and the little rabbit lay under the bedclothes just with his little head peeping out, and listened. The room was disinfected, all the books and toys that the boy had played with in the bed must be burnt. Hurrah, thought the little rabbit. Tomorrow we shall go to the seaside, for the boy had often talked to the seaside, and he wanted very much to see the big waves coming in and the tiny crabs and the sandcastles. Just then, Nana caught sight of him. How about this old bunny, she asked. That, said the doctor, why, it's a mass of scarlet fever germs. Burn it at once. What nonsense, get him a new one. He mustn't have that anymore. And so the little rabbit was put into a sack with old picture books and a lot of rubbish and carried out to the end of the garden behind the fowl house. And it was a fine place to make a bonfire. Only the gardener was too busy just then to attend to it. He had potatoes to dig and green peas to gather But next morning, he promised to come quite early and burn the whole lot. That night, the boy slept in a different bedroom and he had a new bunny to sleep with. It was a splendid bunny, all white plush with real glass eyes. But the boy was too excited to care very much about it for tomorrow he was going to the seaside and that in itself was such a wonderful thing that he could think of nothing else. And while the boy was asleep, dreaming of the seaside, The little rabbit lay among the old picture books in the corner behind the fowl house. And he felt very lonely. The sack had been left untied. And so by wriggling a bit, he was able to get his head through the opening and look out. He was shivering a little. for He had always been used to sleeping in a proper bed. And by this time, his coat had worn so thin and threadbare from hugging that it was no longer a protection to him. Nearby the thicket of raspberry canes, growing tall and close like a tropical jungle in whose shadow he had played with the boy on by-god mornings, he thought of all those long sunlit hours in the garden, how happy they were, and a great sadness came over him. He seemed to see them all pass before him, each more beautiful than the other. The fairy huts in the flower bed, the quiet evenings in the wood, when he lay in the bracken and the little ants ran over his paws, the wonderful day when he knew that he was real. He thought of the skin horse, so wise and gentle, and all that he had told him. Of what use was it to be loved and lose one's beauty and become real if it all ended like this, and a tear, a real tear, trickled down his little shabby velvet nose and fell to the ground. And a strange thing happened. For where the tear had fallen, a flower grew out of the ground and a mysterious flower, not at all like any that grew in the garden appeared. It had slender green leaves, the color of emeralds and in the center of the leaves, a blossom like a golden cup. It was so beautiful that the little rabbit forgot to cry and just lay there watching it. And presently the blossom opened and out of it there stepped a fairy. She was quite the loveliest fairy in the whole world. Her dress was a pearl and and of dewdrops, And there were flowers around her neck and in her hair and her face was like the most perfect flower of all. And she came close to the little rabbit and gathered him up in her arms and kissed him on the velvety nose that was all damp from crying. Little rabbit, do you know who I am? The rabbit looked up to her and it seemed to him he had seen her face before, but he couldn't think where. I'm the nursery magic fairy. I take care of all the playthings that the children have loved. When they are old and worn out and the children don't need them anymore, Then I come and take them away with me and turn them into real. Wasn't I real before? asked the little rabbit. You were real to the boy, the fairy said, because he loved you. Now you shall be real to everyone. And she held the little rabbit close in her arms and flew with him into the wood. It was light now, for the moon had risen. All the forest was beautiful, and the fronds of the bracken shone like frosted silver. In the open glade between the tree trunks and the wild rabbits, they danced there with their shadows on the velvet grass. But when they saw the fairy, they all stopped dancing and stood round the ring to stare at her. I brought you a new playfellow, the fairy said. You must be very kind to him and teach him all he needs to know in the rabbit land for he's going to live with you forever and ever. And she kissed the little rabbit again and put him down in the grass. Run and play little rabbit, she said. But the rabbit sat quite still for a moment and never moved. For when he saw the wild rabbits dancing around him, he suddenly remembered about his hind legs and he didn't want them to see that he was made all in one piece. And he did not know that when the fairy kissed him at that last time, that she had changed him altogether. And he might have sat there a long time, too shy to move if just then something hadn't tickled his nose. And before he thought what he was doing, he lifted his hind toe to scratch it. And he found that he actually had hind legs. Instead of a dingy velveteen, he had brown fur, Soft and shiny, his ears twitched by themselves and his whiskers were so long, they brushed the grass. He gave one leap of joy using those hind legs. And it was so great that he went springing about on the turf, jumping sideways and whirling round just like the others did. And he grew excited that when at last he did stop to look for the fairy, she had gone. He was a real rabbit at last, at home with the other rabbits. Autumn passed, and winter, and in the spring, when the drays grew warm and sunny, the boy went out to play in the wood behind the house. And while he was playing, two rabbits crept out from the bracken and peeped at him. One of them was brown all over, but the other had strange markings under his fur, as though long ago he had been spotted, and the spot still showed through. And about his little soft nose and round his black eyes, there was something familiar. So the boy thought to himself, why he looks just like my old bunny that was lost when I had scarlet fever. But he never knew that it really was his own bunny. Come back to look at the child who had first helped him to be real. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter, and it's the holidays, and the ideas that matter are being real, being loved, and loving, and taking care of ourselves. It's it's a crazy season with lots of expectations. We talked a little bit about how to take care of ourselves in the first segment, and I want to share with some wrap-up ideas along those lines as well. We talked about getting enough sleep, scheduling some downtime, and nourishing yourself. The the holidays give a lot of hectic schedules with travel and social obligations, and it's important to prioritize your emotional health and well-being. Remember to take care of yourself ensure that you're getting enough sleep, enough exercise, you're getting some good food, you're not limiting yourself from taking getting those good holiday cookies and you can say no to some of those social gatherings if things get a little too much and a little too hard. We're all still coming back from COVID and trying to figure out oh, how comfortable are we with being social and how comfortable are we being at home? Uh, You can have time for your hobbies during the holidays to enjoy yourself and the things that you love. Connect with what's most important to you about the holidays and trust yourself and and set and stick to boundaries that make sense for you. You might want to take a break from the social media and set some more realistic expectations They're often seen as a cheerful time these holidays, and that creates pressure for things to be perfect, and it can lead to disappointment if they're not. It's especially easy to compare ourselves to others during this time, and when we're going through that social media, it may not make us happy. It may make us stressed. Sometimes when we're too connected to our phones, our computers, and devices, we can put our brains on overload set boundaries for yourself on the social media. Take the screens down before bedtime and try and do something that isn't related to media, that gets you outside, that gets you doing something that gives you some time to just de-stress. Slow down, breathe. I know when people have told me to breathe, it's like, of course I'm breathing. I'm breathing all the time. But breathing in a more intentional way, slowing down your breath, focusing on your breath. It's really easy to get sucked into multitasking. And when we experience stress, when we've got too many things going, we actually hold our breath. And when we hold our breath, that means we get less oxygen into our brain. So when you take the time to focus on your breathing It sends a signal to your nervous system that everything's okay. And that in itself helps us calm down and helps us deal with the stress that we may be feeling. So when we breathe, it's a way of dealing with feeling overwhelmed. Breathe intentionally, take time to slow it down. If you're able to spend time with loved ones that make you happy, that's great. And enjoy that and celebrate the love for each other. But if you're not able to spend time with loved ones for whatever reason, or you're spending time with your family, but wish you could be with your chosen family, remember that you can always connect with people over the phone. They can help you feel less alone. Make that call, have that call, spend time with them it will help you actually reduce having conflict with others. And whether you're feeling isolated, stressed, or any other difficult emotion, keeping it bottled up only makes it worse. So being able to vent with a trusted friend or family member, that can help calm you down too. And instead of texting, I wanna encourage you to connect by the phone. Hearing a familiar voice can be very calming and very comforting. You may be at a time where you are grieving the loss of a loved one, and it can sometimes feel like the rest of the world has forgotten and moved on from something that was very painful for you. If it's your first holiday without them, these feelings can be extremely strong. So if you're grieving this time of year, realize that the holidays may look different going forward. You may feel a variety of emotions. upset that your loved one is gone, guilty over a lack of a holiday cheer, a desire to continue old traditions or a desire to let them go. There's no right or way, there's no right or wrong way to grieve or celebrate. And your grief matters when you feel sad, or you feel joy, either one is a a, a valid emotion during this time. And like I said at the beginning, moving can really help. Move your body. Movement gets your blood flowing and brings your attention to the present moment instead of worrying or feeling the anxiety of the past or the anxiety of the fear of the future. It doesn't have to be you know, a long dance or a long walk. It should be something just that you enjoy. Even if it's just dancing to your favorite playlist in your room. Think about slowing down and meditating. There are great meditations that you can get um, that will help you focus And you'll want to sit or lie down comfortably and gently close your eyes and don't try and control your breath, but just spend five minutes that way thinking, meditating, being open to just letting whatever thought comes to you feel it and let it go. The feelings of isolation, depression, and anxiety may come and go in the holiday season, but if you notice they intensify or persist after the holiday ends, I hope that you'll think about reaching out to a trusted adult or a mental health professional. It's important for us to take care of ourselves and recognize when we may be more stressed than we're able to handle all by ourselves or even with a friend. So during these times, it's important for us to recognize What's good for us? We're so often looking at how to be good for everyone else. My my hope for all of our listeners is that you will take time to get connected with who you are, what you need, what you can have for yourself during these holidays, during this time out, during this time of the long, dark winter But the light of the beautiful lights that are brought to us during the holidays, the cheer that people try to bring to each other, if we can find an aha moment in that joy, uh, the holidays will be a splendid time. Uh, Wishing you all the very best and warm uh, celebrations for you, your loved ones, your family, your friends, but especially for you. May it be a real time for you to celebrate who you are. Happy holidays.